Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Live with Lauren. And today I am freezing my butt off. Uh, it's cold here in San Francisco, and I am just not used to it. You guys know that I was in Florida for the longest time, and now it's officially past fall at this point. It feels like winter. Um, so <laughs> I'm still trying to just completely stay warm and just drink all the apple cider in the world. I hope you guys are doing really well. I am so thrilled today's show. Um, I have Chels um, Aranina, who is literally just such a boss babe, and she's just absolutely phenomenal. She is a CEO and founder of Hustle the Gram brand. Um, she is a digital strategist who is dedicated to helping business owners enhance their online presence to increase profit. Um, she has always an iced matcha latte, which, oh my gosh, that's actually my boyfriend's favorite drink in her hand, and hopes that maybe she'll see um, the goodness of matcha too. So um, she's also a graduate with her bachelor's degree in human biology, which you go girl, because science was never my thing. <laughs> and I am so pumped um, to have her on the show today. Just to basically talk everything about her brand, who she is, and just dive into all the good stuff. So let's jump in to the show. I'm making a move. Long, long. Ain't gonna happen on the song. I'm making a move. Don't Thanks for having me, Taylor. Oh my gosh, thank you. Or Lauren, I'm so sorry. Oh, I go by both. I was just thinking okay. Taylor, and I was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always have a matcha latte. I literally just threw mine away. It's it's a it's an obsession. It's too much. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I think it like honestly. Um, so my boyfriend's drink, and I think because I just thought like latte, but his drink is like a it's a. It's a complicated order because every time I go to Starbucks, I'm just like, wait, can you tell me what it is again? But I think it is some sort of latte with like three shots of espresso and like, I don't know, all the fancy stuff. So, <laughs> oh wow, that's crazy. I know. <laughs> but that's no, that's intense. great. I love that that's like part of your bio. I think that's so great. I think <laughs> I especially made that pizza is part of my bio. So, we're mm -hmm. like similar to the same page as far as food. <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong with food. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I would love for you to share a little bit more about yourself and just, you know, who you are, what you do, and um, what excites you. Yeah, well, your introduction pretty much summed it up. I loved it. Um, I have a business now, and I have my amazing membership called Hustle the Gram, and it's just there to empower other online creators, other entrepreneurs, and to teach them how to leverage social media for their business, their brand, and their blog. Um, so I've been doing that for a while now. Before that, I was doing a lot of social media freelancing, digital strategy freelancing, and consulting um, while I was actually working on my Bachelor's of Human Biology. And yeah, I, I loved how you were like, science is not my thing. Girl, science is not my thing either. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> and I was on track to the medical route and the I actually applied to one med school, two PA schools, and a dental school. And then I was like, what am I doing? This is not for me. Um, and entrepreneurship kind of came to me as like an accident. I just woke up one day and I was like, I don't like science. I don't like touching 
bodies. I just don't like dissecting. This is not for me. And I think it's because like my school was strictly medical related things and I was constantly connected to the hospital. So I just got too much. Plus it's like years and years of hard work. So go cheers to all the medical professionals out there, but I just could never do that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, then I just pivoted, but I'd been a blogger before that since like early high school and that's how I kind of got into this online world in the first place. Wow and so what made you begin um, Hustle the Gram? Um, let's see I would say everyone loves Instagram. I love Instagram so much. Um, before I had a very unhealthy relationship with social media and Instagram mm-hmm. and I was spending hours and hours on the app and hours and hours on my phone and I noticed that I was on it way more than I used to be and so when that happened I needed to pivot and I realized like everyone in my community was the same way everyone in my like entrepreneurship tribe felt the same way and so I was like okay I need to create a community a platform um, a program where creators and entrepreneurs of all sorts can feel like they can still grow their presence and still impact other people without having to spend so much time on social media because it's unhealthy. Um, It seems like it's fun, but it's so unhealthy. And so that's what led me to create it in the first place. And I liked the word hustle because it just always flowed with me. I felt like all my life, because I was in the medicine track, I always had to hustle. But then now I see hustle as like a alignment and grind type of word I know a lot of people don't agree with that but I see it as like no I'm hustling because I want to Mm. and I'm hustling on my own terms and on my own time Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I 100% agree with you and I think that when you pivot and you think I'm hustling because I want to I think that's really really powerful and how did you know you know just like through like helping others grow um was exactly like what you wanted to do I had never felt the way that I felt when I was like on calls and when I was guiding people or just like coaching people or just like telling them like here's how here's a better way to do things here's an easier way to do things Mm -hmm. and seeing their reactions seeing their like emails responses like a month two months a year down the road me like you just changed my life that's when I was like okay I know this is for me I know that helping people grow um, into like their passion. That, that's just always my saying is just helping people pursue their passion mm-hmm. and make money off of it. That's how I knew that was what I was going to do regardless of like the avenue. Mm. That moment from like passion to profit, right? Which I think that every, I mean, the simple fact that if we could all, just all of our dreams knowing that, okay, this is my dream. Like I can make money at this. I think that's such a sweet spot. Because there's, I think there's so many things in the world that like we want to do, but we always are afraid that you know we're, we have to pay the bills, right? Or we have to like pay back student loans or like all this stuff. So um, for you, like, did you instantly know like, okay, like this is I'm going to be able to make money at this, or was there kind of a tough road in figuring out how you were going to do that? Oh, there's definitely a tough road. <laughs> um, I even though I accidentally fell into that route of creating a business it wasn't to say that like along the way it was tough or that I was wondering like should I just have gone back to med school and done that um 
when I first started, I kid you not, I literally woke up and I was like, people are making money. And all they're doing is just talking about social media and guiding people through social media. And at that time, I was working my bachelor's, but I was working in the marketing department of my university. I was like, everyone else was getting jobs in the hospital. And I was like, nope, I'm going to do marketing department. And so I knew the stuff. I learned the stuff. I spent hours on it and everything. So I was like, I'm going to get a client today. And I remember this day vividly. And I woke up and went on Facebook groups and someone wanted this Pinterest help. And I was like, okay, I'll just teach myself everything I need to know on Pinterest. Then that day we went on a call and I was paid like $25 an hour for the call. And now it's like, I learned that that is the tiniest amount. But basically after that, like that part was easy because I found my passion. I found that I could like make a living off of doing stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But then it's finally when you're like realizing okay, I can't just keep on going, not having a plan, is when you're like, "Uh uh-oh, now it's getting tough. But then I think it's like that part where you're getting, where it's getting tough is what's going to make you resilient and make you be the best version of yourself later on. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like I need you to repeat that for the people in the back. Like that is just so... (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) let me remember it nope sorry (laughs) that's one thing that everyone everyone like just makes that before everyone on my team my family I literally have the worst (laughs) memory ever I think I said something about just be resilient don't give up yeah just press replay people can just rewind it (laughs) yeah there we go (laughs) um yeah and I so I always viewed that moment of, you know what, like, I'm just going to do this. That's like the spark, right? It's like that, that precise moment that like, we just decide, like, no matter what, even if it completely flops, even if this is not even like supposed to happen, like, I'm just gonna go for it. And I'm just always so curious, because it's usually when, whenever we have those moments, I want to hear like, that exact moment for you when you were like, okay, like, I see this happening around me. This is something that, like, I have a passion for, I want to do. Like, what was, was there a particular moment in that spark that, like, made you make that decision? Because that's a huge decision, just to, like, jump and, like, start to doing that. Um, yeah, okay. So, hashtag vulnerability. Um, I gave all my, I gave my all in pre-med. Um, and because it was a, it was a university that targeted healthcare professionals everything they taught you was meant so that you could get into med school easily and by that it means like they're already teaching you med school stuff right and um and in high school I was like a straight A student in college man it was rough but I was studying non-stop I was getting all the help that I needed from advisors I would I went to like a mission trip I did a lot of clinical volunteer work I even had a clinical um research assistant job I did all the things Mm-hmm. and more and I felt like I could never get it um and then one day I, I did all the things I made I filled out the paperwork I wrote all the essays and like applications and stuff like that paid everything in the tests and stuff like that and my professor sat me down and was like um maybe you should try like next year and apply next year I don't think you could I don't think you can do this and that I remember that broke 
my heart because I was like, who are you to say that I can't do this because I just gave my four years to you. Mm -hmm. And this is a very small university. Um, There was 20 people of us starting out freshman year. By the time it was senior year, there was only two of us left. So it was me and another person. Yeah. So I was like, I think I'm pretty good for someone who stuck out this much because all my friends just left. And so when that happened, it was also a God thing because I was like, okay, you know what? Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I'm upset. But this really isn't for me. Mm. I think that if I really did have the passion, I would fight for it. Mm -hmm. Or I would really try again that following year. But after that, I was like, no, I like I actually spend more time blogging and I actually spend more time researching about social media and posting and all that stuff than I do going to the hospital and shadowing doctors. Mm -hmm. And so that was when I was like, I really need to just follow after what I love and what I'm passionate about Mm -hmm. than following what I think is stability and financial freedom. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh. And I, I commend you for doing that because that is something, it's a fearless decision and it, and it's, um, I think that anybody who's told that they cannot do something, like this is a perfect example of like, you know, whether, and even sometimes like you said, like it could totally be a God thing where it's like, okay, like just like, I need you here. So like, I'm gonna, you know, shut this door and open this other one. And so I think that it's just a matter of like, you know, don't be afraid to go for anything and just always be able to pivot. I think that's like my thing. It's like just, and I'm, I'm the worst when it comes to like change and like just, you know, anything in my life. So, but I think (laughs) being able to keep that mindset of pivoting and and knowing that um, new doors are going to open up and new doors open up for you. And that's so phenomenal. Um, I would love just to hear about like, you know, your college life and like, if you have any tips for people who are struggling with that stress, because I, I'm doing online college. It's a little bit different than on campus, but I would love for you to share about that. Yeah. Um, so I would say for the first three years of undergrad, I was fully in school, fully like in the dorm life. I was in the dorms the fourth year too, but my fourth year was mainly online classes. Um, So I had a lot of flexibility, but that's a whole different set of tips. Um, The first three years of my undergrad, I would say you really want to force yourself out of your comfort zone. Otherwise you will regret it Um, because it's college. There's so many people there. And if you feel like you don't have a, a, a group that you mesh with, you will be able to find it somewhere else. You'll be able to find it in other clubs. So like, I would say get involved as many things as possible your first year and then narrow down in second year. Um, and then also like, obviously everyone like have a good balance with social life, school and sleep. The reality is that's most likely not possible. I will say that straight, especially if you're pre-med or pre-law, <laughs> but um, I would say like, what I learned later on is doing three things every day that was important. One, self-care, always prioritizing myself, whether it was like going to the gym, going for a walk, getting um, coffee with a friend or something like that. I always did that at each day. The second thing was communication and like community. And so always had interaction with one other person because otherwise you would just stay, you would just be sane. <laughs> and then the third thing was to just journal. Mm -hmm. and that was just like whether it was 
journaling my dreams or just venting, but whatever it was where I could just kind of like have everything on paper and I could look back on later and be like, wow, I said this, but look at me now. Or even if it's just like, just to release frustration and stress. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and then for the online set, wow. <laughs> um, I would say is to make friends with people who are in that same stage of their college life um because then you guys can be like hey want to go study at the library and do our work from this time to that time Mm -hmm. and that way there's like accountability because like right now for example I only have one class that's on campus because I'm doing my master's in communications right now um (laughs) yeah while I'm in so good um yeah I I thought I would owe it to myself since I did pre-med I was like I don't like this so I want to do something (laughs) that I like um but I have one class that's on campus and everything else is online. Mm-hmm. And it really, really helps being like, hey, I, I talked to my fiance while he's working off from home. I'm like, can we just like go to Barnes & Noble like three days a week so we can work on our own things? Because otherwise I just push it off to like the last day mm-hmm. because most online classes, they don't have things due until like the last day. And then I'm just like a miserable wreck. <laughs> um. You know, what has been your favorite part of your job thus far? My favorite job, I would say, is just being able to connect with so many wonderful creators and entrepreneurs out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's never, how do I say, there's always room at the table, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever industry or niche you are there's always room for you. And so even if you feel like she's doing this or she's doing that or he's already in this industry and I can't copy him or whatever, that's not the case. You always have your own spark, your own thing that lights you up and that attracts everyone else. And so it's been really, really cool to, to work with people who do the same that I do or do the same thing as my other clients. And I'm just like, you guys all just resonate and shine in your own way. And so seeing how they can learn how to take that and use it to their advantage and to help others grow is just always so cool. Mm. Um, what would you say would be like the best tips for people wanting to start a business on Instagram or anything that you know they should keep in mind? Yeah, good question. Um, I have two ways to answer that. Number one is if you are on a huge budget and you can't afford to spend money on certain things, I would say get all the free materials you can. Um, And by saying this, I mean like on YouTube, on Google. I don't necessarily recommend downloading freebies and trainings because then you just get stuck in the center wheel and you're like, like you, you, it just gets way too confusing but stick on like one path find someone that you really like and watch all their videos learn all like read all their blogs and everything like that if you do have some money to spend then I would say invest in a coach or invest in a program that you really really trust and you really really like because that is technically like the fast track um I feel like one-on-one support with someone else is always so much better than like just trying to find your own way Mm. and with Instagram and I'm always so curious um with Instagram growth I think that people and I've seen this happen that people really do get obsessed with like the numbers right whether it's like the follower account the likes the comments the engagement and 
I wanted to ask your opinion. Like, first of all, what should people be focusing on when it comes to Instagram? And where's the balance between like real relationships and then um, growing your audience? Yeah. So I love that question so much. So my number one secret, number one tip is just to really be authentic to yourself and to your audience. And so what that means, when you do that, you will find the balance. Without that, then there is no balance. So when you're authentic to yourself, then you want to naturally talk about what you love, naturally talk about what you're an expert in, what you're really passionate about. And by doing that, especially if that is centered around what you're business is and what you're representing you will attract your audience your ideal follower ideal client and so then that way you don't have to engage with people that you don't necessarily feel like you mesh with or you feel like you don't have to do things that you feel like it's a chore or a job that's like everything like all my programs all my memberships this is like the number one thing that I preach is if you don't do things that you feel aligned to and doesn't feel authentic to you your audience can feel it too. Um, so it like goes both ways. You feel like it's a chore so you don't give your 100% feel is attracted to you because they don't feel that you're giving 100%. Mm. So my number one tip is just be authentic and everything else will find its way. How does a person find their niche on Instagram or really in general like in their business? Oh, I'm sorry. I think I lost you there. <laughs> ah, it's okay. Um, how does a person find their niche in their, I shouldn't say business, in their brand or on Instagram? Yeah, um, I would say, so a niche would be, a, a common misconception is that like your niche is fitness blog, right? That's not it. Your niche is so specific to you that no one else, that that you attract the people that only want that. Mm. And so your niche, like if you're a fitness coach, that's your industry. Fitness and health is your industry. But your niche would be, I help um, new mothers Mm. get back on their, or get back on their health grind and build their dream body back or something like that. That wasn't like proper English, but you know what I mean? It was like as concise as possible. Um, And that's your niche because then you attract the people that you want and you know that you'll be able to give them what they're looking for and that it's very rare that there's anyone else that's just like you. And so that's what defines your niche. And so to answer your question, how to find that is asking around and seeing like, Sorry, my fiance's coughing. Um, it's figuring out what are you good at, number one? Mm-hmm. Who do you love to talk to the most? Mm-hmm. And who is more who is attracted to you? Like what group of people are attracted to you? And once you find that, that's how you know your niche. That's how you can figure out your niche statement. Mm-hmm. That is so phenomenal. I yeah, because I always thought that a niche was like a, like you said, um, well, actually, the opposite of what you said as far as, like, an industry goes. But, you know, pertaining it to the actual people that you're attracting or that you want to attract or that is your tribe, basically. Um, that's such a cool way of looking at it. So that's that's amazing. And yeah. I think, you know, um, 
I also agree with you, like, with Instagram, because, again, I just think that I love Instagram, but it's a love-hate relationship, because I think that sometimes you just want to turn off and, like, live life and, like, not worry about it, but it is really important that, like, at the end of the day, we are all people, and we just, um, I think that it's just, to me, uh, more so about genuine relationships rather than just building a number, so I think, uh, yeah, I think that's so cool, and... You know, another question I had for you is, so when it comes to um, just, like, mental health and especially, I mean, I'm sure men deal with this as well, but, like, with women and just comparison and judgment and all that bit, that um, have you ever experienced that online? And if so, like, or if not, um, what would be your advice and how to handle that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, I actually do suffer from anxiety. And when I was in undergrad, I had depression. Um, And so I really understand, especially like working in the online space, Mm -hmm. such a common thing with creators and online entrepreneurs, because you're constantly comparing yourself with everyone else. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly just like you have shiny object syndrome you see like someone else is doing that and you think that they're in your niche and so you're like oh I should implement that in my program or implement that in my content and then you just get stressed out and you get anxious and you're like well people bought hers why are they not buying mine and stuff like that and getting trapped in that space is just the the absolute worst and so for me what I've started doing actually is I don't typically check out anyone else's stories on Instagram other than my coach, myself, and my clients, and friends and family. And the reason why I do this is because before, I, I was suffering from so like major anxiety because I'm a type six um, on the Instagram, and I am so, very, I'm very emotional centered, and I care a lot about what people think, um, which is like a double-edged sword, right? <laughs> And so because of that, when I wouldn't get the approval that I wanted or thought I needed, I just would go into this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And so, and then as a result of that, my business would suffer, my team would suffer, my family would suffer, and it just wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. And so now it's been, now I do the stuff like, now I do the things like, um, yeah, only watching stories that are that are people connected to me, like in my circle. Um, muting my, muting either friends or people that I feel like I could ever be threatened by or feel less than. Threatened is not the greatest word. I guess just if I feel less than by what they're doing. Not that they're like they're doing is bad, but it's just that like I feel insecure. That's a personal problem. But doing that, muting their posts, muting their stories can just help me a ton. And it also like keeps me from feeling resenting, like resentment for myself or resentment for the business and stuff like that. Um, another thing is just journaling. Ugh, I love the power of journaling. Um, I used to not do it as much or like I would get off and on and I would recognize the difference. And now it's just like, even if it's like five minutes in the morning or five minutes before I'm about to do a crazy um, task, I just journal and I just, let all that anxiety go and that way I can just recenter myself and focus on what I need to do. I think that's phenomenal. I think that more people should do what you're doing. I think um, I, I think about a lot of things with that but I 
because I, I do find that Instagram can be both um, just mentally exhausting and emotionally exhausting and or any social media platform for that matter. Um, I also deal with anxiety as well, too. But in a way, I think with my anxiety, it more so comes from when there's a lot of change in my life or there's just um, if I have a lot of projects going on, which I tend to have a lot of projects going on, every creator does. Um, but I love and I love that now that there is like um, muting or you can even restrict certain accounts from like, you know, and just like kind of you're basically creating this safer space for your like mental health right and I think that Mm -hmm. um the other thing too I also love journaling as well like I think that more people should whether talking about their feelings or writing out their feelings really just getting out of your soul um I'm working on a teen fictional book right now because I love to project my feelings into like book characters I like I think that um it's just it's so much fun and it's yeah I think that we as creatives should also start to do more things that are just naturally fun to us. I think that it's really easy to kind of get into this grind of like everything that we create then has to be profit, then has to be a business. And so, um, yeah, so it's great just to do some recreational, you know, things that are just like, I'm just doing this because I love this. Yeah. And so going off of what you said, actually, my one thing that I wanted to say is, and this can be a bigger challenge for some people more than others, is to let go of things that no longer make you happy, things that cause you anxiety. Just like you, I actually have like way too many projects going on all the time. Mm -hmm. And some seasons, they're all projects that I actually really love and adore, and I find a way to fit them somehow. Some seasons, there's like a couple or three or one where I'm like, this is just actually too much and it's giving me a lot of anxiety and whatever the root of that is, whether it's like a person or a task or just the fact that like you don't flow with it anymore, being brave enough to let go of that will be better for you in the long run. I know at first it's like, well, now I'm going to have anxiety about what people are going to think or what that team is going to feel or X, Y, and Z. But the thing is like, you never know if the future, they're going to do the same exact thing to you. I've learned to always prioritize myself, like mentally. Obviously, always be kind, always be generous and compassionate to everyone else. But if your mental health is on the line, that's where I'm like, no, we got to take a step back and just pull yourself back and know, like, know what you actually want to do and know what gives you anxiety and letting go of that. Yes, I, it's literally conduing your life and if it does not bring you joy <laughs> let it go <laughs> yes yes I love her <laughs> uh well Chelsea thank you so much for being on the show and just being so vulnerable and so sweet and just sharing your heart um really really appreciate it oh thank you so much for having me this was so fun it was such a safe space I loved it oh good well thank you and oh and where can people find you you can find me at on Instagram at hustle the gram. Um, that's the main company, the main business account, or you can find me at Chelsea or Nina. Um, and then my website is www.hustlethegram.com. And then I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group called the social media hustle. 
Yay. And you can find it at the social media hustle. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, well, definitely, you guys, go follow her. Life with Lauren every Tuesday and Thursday. Ugh, I have said this so many times. I'm not supposed to Tuesday and Thursday at 5 Thursday, Misty. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Yay, bye. Bye. I'm, I'm making a move.